Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 131, Waiting for the Right Carrier. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Jason as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just kind of curious how this conversation is going to go, but uh, am I allowed to say I'm really excited to talk to you because you're Canadian in part, because I don't think I've spoken to too many Canadians in my life. You are more than welcome to say and that. I always, you always hear such great, great things about them. Um, also, one of my favorite current favorite bands right now is from Canada. So it's also like that little extra bit of, of excitement, if you will. Is it Nickelback? (laughs) (laughs) I would, God, I want to say you got me. (laughs) I'm just going to say yes. And and I'll just, I'll just, I'm just going to say yes. You know what? There's no shame in that. Music is music. It's all subjective, right? Uh, it's pup. I I really like pup a lot. They're a great band. I got to see them live, uh, a time or two. And so yeah, sweat in the mosh pit. But yeah, you're more than, I'm very happy to talk to you and I'm glad I'm in your top 10 Canadian chit chat list, if that's a thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, probably top five <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Yes, yes, mama, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> but today is not about me being Canadian, Canadian, I can't even say that word. Today is all about you and your passion for surfing. And before we dive into surfing itself, who is Jason? What a, what a weird, uh, what a weird question. Has anybody ever answered that? Um, I guess the first thing I would say is I'm a lifelong Chicago Cubs fan, which is a baseball team. Other than that, I, um, I've worked in video for about two decades, TV, uh, digital storyteller, video, videographer by trade. But the thing that's been great about that is I'm just a curious person by nature. Um, I've had a bunch of hobbies in my lifetime. And, uh, you can kind of call me a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, and so that's probably what I would, how I would boil it down the easiest. So basically you're telling me I have to have you back on here for multiple episodes, right? (laughs) Um, it depends on how well this goes for me. You know, you might, you might want to, before extending that olive branch, maybe, (laughs) maybe see how it goes. I already extended it. What's that? What what do we do from here? <laughs> do I have to bring it back to the store? I don't know. Uh, should I give it to my neighbor? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, so far it's great. I love your energy. I love the way you came into this. We had a little chat before and I already have a feeling it's going to be a great conversation. Um, yeah, me too. I'm really excited. But before we do the surfing, or that sounds like a, a very old person thing to say, do the surfing. We're going <laughs> to surf into the interweb and ask you, do you have any social media links or websites or projects you're currently working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, the thing that uh, that we've been working on, me and a couple of my buddies, we work on a podcast called The Worst Song Ever Podcast. Um, we have a Twitter, at Worst Song Pod. Um, the idea behind the podcast is it's a couple of guys, three guys mainly, who sit in their basement. And each week we try to write the worst song ever from start to finish all in about an hour and see if we can. It's it's really it really screws with your um, <laughs> your sense of where's up. You know, after a while, you get so good at doing things poorly. Is it really poor anymore if you're doing it well? It's we we've really gotten into a weird um, a weird spot with it. And so in terms of social media, we also have a MySpace page because we figured it was the worst social media we could do. So, <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, we're doing everything we can just to just to have a good time. And um, yeah, it's really dumb on purpose. And the idea behind it mainly is like, don't be afraid to do anything. If you are going to fail, if your goal is to fail, then maybe you accidentally do something great in the process and it's kind of a win-win. That's awesome. I'm a, I love that like perspective of it, like how you approach it. And at the end of the day, you're having fun with it. You're creating, 
I can't say you're creating the worst songs. This is what you said. Imagine you just <laughs> you put so much focus in it and you end up creating the best song ever. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, you end up feeling sometimes when we made one, it was like, should I feel disappointed that I made one that I kind of like? Like, <laughs> I, I really don't know how to. So we fail at failing sometimes. So we have a Twitter uh, at, at Worst Song Pod on Twitter is uh, is our handle for that. Perfect. I'll put those links down below, even the MySpace page, because why not? It's the internet. <laughs> you probably also have MSN you can chit chat on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah, we thought about getting a LinkedIn because, um, you know, who does that for something really stupid? Um, maybe, you know, maybe an AIM messenger while we're at it. I don't know. It's we're open to suggestions. Just uh, probably not carrier pigeon. Um, within a certain radius. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's for the Patreon. You know, if you happen to live within a certain radius. Yeah. Handwritten letters, maybe a transcript of our terrible songs, you know. Who's to say? Delivered by a pigeon. That's, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're going to be talking about surfing. Although I'm very interested in your podcast, I'm sure people are also interested in your hobby of surfing. So how did you actually get introduced to surfing? Well, the thing I want to say is I am very much an amateur. But what got me into it in the first place is I lived in the middle of the United States. And, you know, cornfield in front of the house and a cornfield behind the house. And... My dad was in auto racing. He built um, he built gearboxes, which is another word for uh, the transmission on race cars. And each year he would go out to California and my parents would just talk about how great, you know, the spot they were in was. And, you know, as a 15, 16 year old kid, you're like, well, OK, let's do that. I'll just go there. So I moved to California sight unseen and just wanted to get fully in integrated into that lifestyle and that experience. I, I ended up getting really lucky by, I'm not going to say exactly throwing a, a dart at the, at the map and ending up in a spot, but it wasn't far off from that. So I ended up on the central coast of California and it was like, well, we're here. Let's, you know, you've graduated college. Let's just try and have that experience. So that's how I just gave it a shot. And do you still own your first surfboard or did it break or did you sell it or frame it? I do still own it. I've, I've thought about, you know, it was like after, so I've, I've moved to a little bit further. I was about 10 minutes away from the water and now I'm about an hour away from the water and have a, have a young child. And so I don't get to surf as much as I used to. So, you know, it, you kind of wonder if maybe I should kind of get rid of it, but it's hard to, it's hard to part with something like that. So not getting rid of it. So I have to ask this question. How many boards do you have? I only, I only have one cause I just, I, I, I never really got good enough to think, Hey, I should have a bunch. One of the questions that you have later on in the, in your notes was what types of boards, um, you know, what type of board did I have? And I've got my boards in an in, in, in intermediate, it's a seven to seven feet, two inches. Um, I don't know what that is in metric. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's um, okay. <laughs> it's very I long. <laughs> I honestly, I, I honestly, I think metric is better in almost every <laughs> single way. I temperature, I think is the only way that I think metric is not better <laughs> uh, just because I feel like, you know, metric is supposed to be more precise and mm. I, I don't know what you do. Do you, you say like, 31.2 degrees. I'm not really sure. Sorry. That's a weird tangent. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, I, 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 um, I have an intermediate board and so a small board, if you want to do a lot of you, if you want to do tricks and what have you, if you want to, um, really maneuver and throw a board around, 
a smaller board is great for that. The problem with a, a small board is if you're a larger person, either in height or weight, if you're inexperienced, they're just harder to work with, you know. So the bigger the board is, the more buoyant it is. And but also the more difficult it is to maneuver. So mine's an intermediate and I just kind of liked it. You know, it was, I can maneuver it enough for my skill set, skill set, but also I wasn't so worried about having a hundred pound board that, you know, is 11 feet long or whatever. It, none of them are a hundred pounds anymore. <laughs> the very, very early ones were, but this one, you know, if you're hiking up a mountain or something down a Canyon to get into a, a surf spot that no one knows about, I'm a little lazy. And so I'd rather <laughs> haul around a seven foot board than a 10 foot board. So, so with the uh, seven foot board, are you able to do tricks? Cause you said it's an intermediate. So is that like in between you can do like some tricks, but not all the tricks that the small board can do? I, all that comes down to skill set. I mean, me personally, I was never much of, I was just, I was just out there to do it. I was just out to be in the water. It's an excuse I don't mean to jump all over your questions because <laughs> um, jump ahead or what have you. Um, but to me, surfing is peaceful. It's just an excuse to be in the water. I mean, what's the other reason for anybody to go into the ocean? I can't think of one. And personally, I don't really like sand. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like it gets everywhere. Uh, it never goes away. Like, and so, what? I'm, you know, maybe if I read a book in the sand or what have you, but even then you, you're pulling sand out of your book for days, weeks, and months, and then out of your car. And so that to me is just, it's an excuse to be in the water. It's peaceful. And you don't have to say sorry. My questions, it's my fault. I ask questions just based <laughs> on the conversation and like, oh, this is like, cool. I want to ask about this. And it sounds more natural when I ask it now. And you're talking about sand. So this is another question I did not write down, but I'm like, oh, this makes me curious. Do you wear, I don't know if it's a wetsuit or a dry suit. I think one is for cold weather, but do you wear a suit or do you prefer just doing a swimming suit when you go surfing? All of the surfing I've done is in the Pacific which I think that's an accurate statement, which it's a, I don't know if you've spent much time, you know, and when I was a kid, we'd go down to Florida, which is in the Atlantic, which is a lot, which at least in Florida was way warmer. And I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> go off in a weird, go on a weird tangent. By all means, go but ahead. A, a wetsuit largely is, to, is for warmth. And so the Pacific being a lot colder, at least in my experience, because I never really spent much time in the, in the Northern uh, Atlantic, but it's, you know, largely to stay warm. Um, the wetsuits come in different, uh, thicknesses, um, depending on where you are, I would say, and also it's, it's a little bit of a barrier between your body and the board. I surfed in Hawaii a couple years ago and it was the first time I ever surfed without, without a wetsuit and a, I'm fair skinned and will get burnt, um, in a, in an instant. So that's nice to be completely covered up, but also I got beat up on my hips more than I ever thought I would just because I didn't have that little bit, uh, of protection. So I, to me, a wetsuit is twofold, both protection and from the elements and protection from the board itself. The one thing I would say when I moved to Oregon, they also have like booties that you can, that are made of the same material that keep your feet warm. And they have gloves that are made of the neoprene. And the first time I went surfing in Oregon, which is way colder than California, <laughs> somebody was like, oh, you should get some booties. And I was like, I've been surfing in the Pacific. It's cool. I'm not a wimp. 
And it took me about it took me about three minutes to real, realize that it was super cold. But not only that, like it becomes a little bit of a safety issue if you can't feel your hands and your feet, especially your feet, and you don't see them and you cut them on maybe a reef or something, maybe something that's just out in the and you start bleeding into the ocean and you can't feel it. I say my piece of advice, I'll throw the <laughs> to some people about that is don't worry about looking cool. I put on some booties if it's really cold. I am way ahead of you of not worrying about looking cool. <laughs> I, I am like the epitome of not looking cool at all. I remember one time I was in France. I was working there and I was walking down the street with my like boss's goldfish in pajamas. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is, this is <laughs> Don't care. They, I won't see them again. It's fine. <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And for you, what would you say is the best part about surfing on a personal and an emotional level? You kind of talked about it like it's being very peaceful, but is there something else that it brings to you? To me, it's you're just unplugged. You can't be on your phone. You're very focused on the task at hand. It's I, I don't know if you've ever spent any time on a motor, motorcycle, but I feel like that's maybe something more relatable um, to the to a mass audience, if you will, that it's a kind of a violent thing at the same time as something that is very peaceful. So you're around this nature, but it is an incredibly powerful force of nature. Like you don't really realize how powerful the ocean is until it throws you around the way that it does. You know, if you've been in the middle of a, a tornado or what have you, like you fully realize the power of nature in moments like that. And so you have to focus on the task at hand to not only stay safe, but also just like enjoy being in the water. You know, that excuse of being in the water and, and looking around and seeing nature without, you know, you can't have your phone on you because my phone's not waterproof. I don't know if that's really a thing, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, if it becomes a thing, maybe in the future, but wetsuits don't have pockets for the most part. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I feel like surfing is like one of the only human activity that is done on something that could be technically dangerous, like a wave can hit you like a brick wall. One of the things that you realize is there's no timeout. <laughs> and it's it's very true. There's There was a time that I, I got hit really hard in the face. Like say you're playing basketball, right? You get elbowed in the, in the, in the nose and you start gushing blood or what have you. Uh, or, or hockey. Should I, should I, I don't know if I should put it that way. You get hit in the face and you start, you know, you, the whistle blows and, and you're fine. You know, you, you take a minute, you take a breather, you, you get out of the game. But if you get hit in the face with a wave and you're not ready for it and you're swallowing some water, um, every once in a while you get kind of hit with one of those double waves that come at, uh, uh an interval more fr frequently than what you were anticipating. And so there was one time in particular where I got hit, I got knocked off a wave and I came back up for air. And the moment I came back up for air, I got hit with the second wave that, and there's no, there's no, Hey, hold on guys. I'm sorry. Can I just get a timeout? You have to know how to deal with that. And I'm guessing your next question for that is how do you deal with that? <laughs> um, and it, to me, it's, you know, it, it's just an, an important thing to learn in life is stay calm in moments like that is you can get thrashed around. And when I was under there, I was thinking to myself, okay, don't use up all your oxygen. Don't fight this. Wait for the wave to go. And so my, my surfboard, I've got a leash. Um, a leash is, I don't know if, uh, if that's a common phrase or not, but basically it's a, call it 
six foot piece of rubber tubing that connects my leg and the surfboard. That way, if it goes, I get knocked off of it. I don't have to swim all the way back to shore to get it. It's just there. But the good thing about it is it floats. My board floats. So that tells me that that way is up. That way I'm not swimming in the wrong direction, burn up more of my oxygen. And so just things like that, just like being calm in situations like that is incredibly important. Well, and this actually leads me to my next question. Do you use a life jacket or you don't? That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody ever using a life jacket to surf. I know that, so whenever you're paddling out, you can do one of two things before you get past the break to get out, to start, to be in position to surf. You either uh, duck dive is, is what they call it, where you force the nose of your surfboard under the wave as it gets to you before it crashes so that it crashes onto the water instead of your body. Or you do a thing where you turn, what they call it turn turtle, where you flip the board over and the board takes the brunt. I don't like that idea because a lot of times it'll just shove the board into you and that is, can be worse if it hits you in the wrong way. So that way you're not really, you're staying on top of the water. So I'm not really sure how that would work out. It might work out, but. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking more along the lines, like, let's say you got knocked off your board and and by some freak accident, the board hits you in your head and you have a concussion kind of thing. That's, that's the only way I was thinking for the life jacket. Yeah. And one of the questions you were, you're asking was, do you like to surf with somebody or do you like to surf on your own and surfing on your own for that reason, especially is not a great idea. Generally, you know, that way, if something goes sideways, you at least have somebody that knows something went wrong because breathing underwater is something where second, like minutes is not, you're not going to be good in minutes. And most help is at minimum minutes away, unless you've got lifeguards, uh, in those spots and most spots that have lifeguards, you're not going to go surfing because they're either going to be overrun with people or, you know, (laughs) mostly that. Yeah. You don't want to be dodging and weaving between people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So actually on that note of going with a friend and making sure that you have that company, does your surfboard have like vivid colors? So let's say you do get knocked off, it's easier to find. Good question. I never really thought about that. It sounds like a great idea, but at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, a surfboard is, even a big one is, let's call it 11 feet. Compared to the grand scheme of the horizon and the ocean, it's tiny. So I don't know if that would matter a huge amount. It couldn't hurt. You see, I told you, I was going to ask you all these odd questions that are not on the list, like the color of the surfboard and finding it in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, throw a little bit of color on there just for style purposes. Uh, you know, absolutely. I'm sure that happens uh, daily. And on completely off topic, well, I say off topic, but not in the same topic of colored surfboards. Is there anywhere you prefer to go surfing? Because you said you surfed in the West Coast and then in the East Coast. Is there anywhere not just restricted to the U.S., but even, let's say, around the world, somewhere that you would also like to go? So my answer to that is no surfer will will ever really tell you where they surf because they don't want their spot overrun. Uh (laughs) I mean, if if I tell you of my favorite restaurant and more people go there, there's some positive benefit of the business owner gets more money and they won't go out of business. If I tell you where I surf, um, more people show up. It makes it harder for me to surf. And um, so most people won't really tell you unless it's like highly visible off the highway or something like that. 
How's that for a non-answer? I mostly surfed on the Central Coast, though. But you know what? That's a good answer because it's not like if more people learn about it, it's not like the waves are going to stretch out and there's going to be more waves. It's the same amount of waves, same height. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very small portion of real estate. Yeah, it doesn't accommodate to new and larger groups. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. this is another odd question, but have you ever considered trying? It's not as re like the real surfing with waves, but let's say sandboard surfing, like going down a giant sand hill. There's a spot that I've tried to surf and it didn't work very well, but they have a, a large dune and I've thought about it. I don't know if it would make me any better at doing that. I imagine balance. If you're, if you're good at standing up and keeping your balance while moving in a direction, then maybe you would be good at that. But I, I don't necessarily think it's a one-to-one -one ratio of that I would be instantly, uh, instantly better at that. But sure, let's, I mean, let's do it. Are we <laughs> We're best friends now. Let's go. Absolutely. Right? Is that what you're saying? I will protect you from all the sand. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of it. Even though I just told you yeah. that I don't really care for sand. Exactly. So I sound like a hypocrite. <laughs> we'll put on like a sand suit. So it's kind of like a sand repellent instead of a, a okay. wetsuit or a dry suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come up with the technology. <laughs> if that exists, I'm I'm on board. That'd be kind of cool. Just seeing you going down the hill and the like sand just pushes away as if like it's the force. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a, a rooster tail, if you will, of just sand being kicked up. We're making a sci-fi surfing like story right now. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, now for you, what would you say is your strongest quality? Is it speed, strength, agility, technique? What I ended up writing down for that was persistence which I hope is one of my best qualities in life. Now, you know, just being able to get knocked in the face for several hours and knocked off your board, and not stand up and walk away at the end and go, oh, hey, I, I caught one great wave or I caught, you know, it, it's for me, it was a lot of times it was the number of waves that I could catch on one hand that it was like, okay, that worked out really well for me, you know, especially if you're jockeying for position with a bunch of other uh, individuals out there in the water. And I don't know if this is an appropriate question, but what was the <laughs> biggest, I know it sounds weird, but what was the biggest wave you've ever caught and how long did that last? Well, I never, I, I don't think I would, I'm not crazy enough to do any of those big, I, any, any number that I gave to you, I give to you will be very disappointing. I promise you. I, I never... I never did one of those things where you go and catch a jet ski just so you can get out to the water and it's a 50 foot, um, a 50 foot wave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm afraid to answer that question. Let's just say it's not that big, but it's just, just the fact alone, just the, the, um, of being able to, to get on there and the, just the act of feeling the wind, feeling the freedom, like getting up on there. And it's, I mean, on a certain level, it's kind of, Maybe this is what you were getting at. Like, it's kind of unnatural to you're you're in the water, you're freezing cold um, until you get used to it, um, at least in the spots that I surfed. And you you get up there and it's that moment of you and I were talking beforehand of the first time you rode a bike and how proud you were to get up. And it's a rite of passage of sorts. And it's something you've seen other people do and they were really cool when they did it. And each time I got up on a wave, I would say it's very similar to the first time I rode a bike. At least that that's the way. I mean, if I was in a good mood anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could just imagine you the first time that you actually surfed and you caught it, like you got it well, you're like, you must have been surreal. Like just so, like, did I just do that? 
Whoa. Yeah. It seems it's something you only that I only, you know, grow on. I grew up in the middle of nowhere and that's something you only saw in movies. And it just, there's a culture to it. There's a, you know, a group, you know, it's just, you're a part of that. And on a certain level, like you just, I felt more a part of the earth, which sounds really weird to say out loud. I don't think I've ever said that sentence out loud before. Um, but it's, you know, nature's powerful and nature's wonderful. And just to be a part of that and just respecting it in this great way, I felt very lucky to be a part of. Yeah. You can't control nature. You just got to find a way to just fit in the groove and you found the way with surfing. <laughs> yes. Now, another yes. odd question coming your way, but have you ever tried any other types of, let's say, board activities? So let's say snowboarding or longboarding. I've done some snowboarding. I, per I, I personally am way better at skis because my legs are too different. It's, I, I don't really know how to put it exactly. I just found it way easier to maneuver personally, even though one leg is unattached in the snowboard. I tried to do skateboarding when I was like in middle school and I, you know, I was maybe paying attention too much to Tony Hawk and what have you. <laughs> and I may have, I basically, I hurt myself pretty good in a, um, in a, in the spot where you think you did <laughs> where the board, uh, ends up landing in between my legs and my legs aren't tall enough to, oh. um, land before the board did. And so once that happened, I, I decided I was not going to be very good at skateboarding as I was trying to jump off of things. So I ended up just taking my BMX and building ramps and doing stupid things with that. Cause it seemed to be in more, <laughs> my control more than a skateboard. Um, so, I mean, does surfing, is it the same thing as, say, snowboarding? Surfing is way more unpredictable in the sense of, you know, the waves change from time to time, like minute to minute. Um, the tides are coming in or going out at any moment. And sometimes you just get waves at different intervals. But, you know, if you go surfing or if you go snowboarding, the snow isn't necessarily the same pack. You know, it, you can have an icy snow or you can have a powdery snow. But it the terrain is more predictable. You, you know, the black diamond that you went down an hour ago is the same black diamond that you're going down now, as opposed to surfing. Your wave isn't necessarily the same an hour later, I think is maybe the better way for me to answer that question and saying, yeah, I've tried a couple of these things. So you prefer that like unnatural, I wouldn't say unnatural. It's kind of weird saying unnatural for nature. Everything nature does is natural. I mean, like the irregular waves, like the ones that you can't predict. Is that what you prefer doing? Because my follow-up question is, have you ever tried one of those artificial wave makers? The ones that it's like little waves just so you can like surf or boogie board. I've not tried that. I, 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 I think it would be great to give that a go. I've never been in a spot where they've had those. So I think that's the big issue with me um, being able to go to one of those. Do I like how unpredictable it is. I liked surfing because it was close to where I lived. It was something that I could do every day. I, I could get off of work and have a stressful day and I can be in the water 30 minutes later or, or shorter. And, you know, before the sun goes down, granted there are issues with, you know, being out too late and without people and, you know, you don't want to go missing at dark. That's bad. But I liked how accessible it was and I didn't ever live close enough to a mountain to do that um, enough on a regular basis. The, I imagine the learning curve has got to be just as steep, but you know, if you're not doing it as often, then 
you're not going to get good at it or enjoy it. Well, maybe enjoy it as much as, you know, a normal human would, but if you're not good at it, it's harder to, hard to enjoy. And it takes time to perfect it or even not even perfect it just to get a better handle of it. And actually on that note, what was your biggest challenge when you first started surfing? I was thinking a lot about is it requires a lot more upper body strength than you might realize. There's a lot of arm cardio. If you throw yourself in a pool and you try and swim just regularly without using your legs, it's not easy. And then you throw the fact that you're swimming essentially upstream against waves and what have you. Um, yes, the board is buoyant and is keeping you going, but on a certain level, you are going upstream and only using your arms. So the fact that you can get extremely tired and winded if you aren't in shape and keeping that in mind for, you know, you've been out for a couple hours or maybe it's really hot and you're worried about, I'm not going to say heat, you know, it's like the, you, you get drained throughout the day if you have enough sun on you. And, you know, if you go try and catch one too many waves, trying to get back to shore isn't, you know, keeping that in mind that you can always get back to shore is important. So I would say just being fit enough, especially with your arms and just general cardio is, is a big challenge. Okay. So on that note, this is a really odd question, but what is your recommended distance to go from shore? Like what is too far? Like this is, this is way too far. The thing about waves is they don't break at the same distance from the, um, from the beach. It, a lot of, a, a lot of the science of a wave, there's different things about the science of a wave, but one of the attributes on where a wave breaks is the depth of the water and the slope of the sand or, or what have you that's underneath it. And so in terms of like, if there's a reef that you're going to have a different sort of wave break. And so there's not necessarily one answer to that. But basically, if you think that you can't get back, that's too far. <laughs> it's long and short of it. Now, I interviewed an individual a couple episodes ago about uh, scuba diving. And she was telling me that sometimes in an ocean, there's like a current for like one specific thought. Has that ever happened to you that you found a current and you were stuck in it? And if so, how did you get out? One of the one of the main things that you really need to pay attention to is something called a riptide. I don't know if that's what she's she's probably not talking about that because I feel like a riptide is probably more on the surface. I'm not really sure. I've never gone scuba diving, but uh, a riptide is basically the water. So the you know a wave is the water coming forward, uh, and a riptide is the water that's receding. And there are different currents of a, of a riptide, and a lot of people who get caught in a riptide will try to swim back against it. But again, nature is super powerful. And so as a result, what you need to do is swim side to side along the shore. Um, instead of straight into it, you if you swim to the side, you will no longer be in it. And so instead of fighting nature, you just need to figure out a way to get around it. And that is one of the most important pieces of information that you need to have to not have the Coast Guard. But if you don't want somebody to come searching for you with a helicopter and some boats, that recognizing, okay, I'm getting pulled away from shore. That's bad. But what do I do? Don't swim back to shore because you're swimming against the thing that's pulling you away. You need to swim side to side in, you know, in the case of the Pacific, um, north or south, which is to get out of it because you won't be if you're out of that stream, you don't have to fight against it. Yeah. You, if you ever fight the current, the currents will win. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a fact. 
He has no mercy. You're just like, you're coming with me now. Okay. And uh, for you, what is your current biggest challenge? Um, my current biggest challenge is just having time. My current biggest challenge is the fact that I don't live 10 minutes away from the ocean any longer. Just taking the the time to do it. It's Sometimes it's it's like working out where you're like, I don't feel like getting up at the crack of dawn because the waves are the best. I don't feel like getting cold you know, or whatever. It's, it's like the gym where you're just like, I'm so glad it it took me some time to do it. I'm so glad that I'm doing that right now. But you know what? As long as you love it, that's the end. That's the main idea. I don't know if you, uh, if you enjoy the cold or not, but I remember seeing these guys, big beards and they go surfing in like the icy cold waters. And it's still like a little iceberg still out there. And like, <laughs> and they come out and their beard is completely like frozen into an ice cube. Have you ever, would you ever try that? I've seen photographs of people trying to surf the Great Lakes. And it, it, the only time that they can do it is in the middle of winter, the dead of winter, because the wind is blowing and the wind is just whipping along the Great Lakes, which just seems, and the photos of the icicles <laughs> hanging from, they'll, they'll wear a cap, a hood and a cap. And there are icicles hanging from there. It seems insane, but I've done dumber things in my life. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say no. So you was like, you know what? There's a possibility. Huh? It, yeah, that's, I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm saying. It's not off the table. It's, no, there are very few things off the table like that. And on a different note, has surfing ever stressed you out? And if so, what do you do to de-stress? So let's say. You're trying to get on your board and or you're trying to accomplish something and it's just not working. Do you go back to shore or do you just keep trying? The thing I was thinking about with this one is I once accidentally kicked a seal in the face. What? <laughs> what? I, I think it was a baby and it was surprised to see me and I was more surprised to see it. And I jumped backwards and kicked him square in the face and... It looked at me with these sad brown eyes. And, but the thing is wildlife, especially like that are those, that's, that's food for sharks. And a shark wants to eat that more than it wants to eat you. And so I, I immediately swam back to shore. I, I, I felt bad. Um, for the record, I did not mean to kick this animal in the face. I didn't see it. It, I just, you know, like a, like a scary movie, I jumped out of my, out of my chair and, uh, accidentally kicked him and it didn't, it wasn't mean or anything. I think it was just trying to see what I was. <laughs> um, and so that's, I, yeah, I immediately, I was like, this is your, your food for somebody and I need to not be by you. One of the things in terms of safety that I wanted to touch on was there's a thing called, uh, in terms of staying safe, there's a thing called a bait ball. I, I'm assuming that's, I don't, all the terms that I say, hopefully they're, um, <laughs> they're terms that everybody uses, but these are the terms I've been told through the years. So as an amateur, maybe somebody else, but it calls them other things. But <laughs> I, there's a thing called a bait ball. And if you ever go to the ocean and you see a bunch of, if you see a bunch of birds, swooping down for fish that are fish that are on the surface. Generally what that means is that there are predators for those fish under those fish, pushing them towards the surface and the birds are taking advantage of that. And generally the more predators you have for animals, the more that attracts larger and larger predators. And so paying attention to things like that. Um, I lived in an area, uh, when I lived in central coast a couple years, uh, about a year before I got there, a woman, um, got bit and died by a shark. And what she was doing was she was, she thought it was really cool 
this is what I heard. And this could be, this could be off base, but the lore was she was swimming with the shark or she was swimming with seals and she thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And if you're wearing your wetsuit, you look exactly like a seal. You, you've got the black smooth coating on you and what have you. And so swimming in fish in the ocean isn't the best idea in the world. And so that's one thing. So as soon as I saw the fe- seal, I felt bad that I kicked him. But I also said, you are food for somebody. I need to get out of the water right now. So um, <laughs> that's that's uh, I don't know how that is for an answer, but that's how I felt. That's a really good answer. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense. It's kind of like, oh, well, it's, I, I think I've seen this or heard about this, how some people, when they see like the, the tide receding a lot, they tar- try walking towards it. But I heard that that's a sign that is a tsunami or a tidal wave coming. If it's receding that that far back, like don't go towards something that looks like really odd. Like if you see a bunch of birds in the air, like you said, it's a bait ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard that story where all, all of the animals also know that it's that the tsunami is coming. So when they're running for the hills, you should run for the hills as well because they're um, years and, you know, centuries of built-in self-preservation. It's interesting you said that because during World War I, when they were digging the tunnels, sometimes if you see the mice running out of it, that's because of either explosion or gas, even brought little canary birds. Yeah, canary in the coal mine. Yeah. And if they stop chirping, then if it's not good for them, then it's definitely not good for you. Yes. Yes. So when it comes to nature being unpredictable and dangerous, animals can be a good indicator of what is safe and what is not safe. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad, if, if we walk away with one thing, that's not a bad one to walk <laughs> yeah, away exactly. with. And another thing where people should walk away with when it comes to surfing is knowing what are some misconceptions about people who do surfing. Well, I think the same misconception you could get about surfing is the same thing you could get about anything. I think surfers are they run the gamut, you know, it's like in the movies, maybe they're rage filled stoners or what have you, but they're across, you know, cross section of the population, uh, in the same way that you're going to find some good ones and you're going to find some, you know, nice ones and you're going to find some mean ones. And in, in between, um, a lot of times they're pretty chill. And if you know how to kind of approach things, not stomp all over their turf, not, not literally get in their way, um, getting in people's way, like, you can run over, you can accidentally run over somebody with your surfboard if they're in the wrong spot and you're catching a wave like that's, and they will get mad about that. Um, not only did you, you know, endanger yourself, but you also <laughs> ruined them having a good time. And, you know, there's starts and stops. There's a lot of, there's a lot of downtime. And so there's not a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot of sitting in the water and waiting and then paddling uh, as hard as you can. And so just sitting back and kind of watching how things go and getting to know the people and getting to know the processes of that particular area and those people, I think is, is important. Um, and so they're just people. And have you ever taught any of these people? Have I taught, oh, have I taught anybody to surf? Yeah. Um, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, I mean, I guess by, by proxy I am right now. So believe I'm getting a doctorate for having this conversation with you or some sort of certificate. <laughs> me a, yeah, a yeah. teaching certificate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main reason why I came on here was for a teaching certificate. Yeah. Every guest gets it. My grandmother got it for walking. So she's going to teach people <laughs> how to walk. <laughs> I'll have to listen to that one. 
And for you on the same concept or concept topic of teaching, what has surfing taught you in life? I would probably say the thing that surfing has taught me is just take the moment for what it is. Be in that moment. And, you know, you, when you're doing this activity, you're doing these activities that you're focusing on that are that can be intense, that you have to really pay attention to stay safe, that just be in the moment and let, you know, compared to the power of, of nature, like your problems aren't that big. And your day may have been really bad and certain things may be going on, but at least you've, you know, either put it in perspective or it gave you a moment of reprieve. And so just live in the moment as much as you can. And I'm really glad I didn't have a cell phone for, <laughs> I didn't grow up <laughs> having a cell phone because I, I feel like it's a little bit easier to learn that, learn that lesson if you're not constantly bombarded by things that are fun. <laughs> You know what? I, I kind of agree, agree with you. Same for me. Back in the 90s, no cell phone, throwing rocks, you know, normal kid stuff. But uh, no, no, I completely agree. It's living in the moment, just enjoying it. And it, in a sense, it's kind of like an escape from reality. You just, it's you and the wave and nature and that baby seal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I just can't imagine what he thinks about humans, but maybe it taught him a great lesson. I don't know. It's like, oh, nice. I want to meet this human. What the F? Okay, fine. Wow. <laughs> I mean, if I only, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I <laughs> but actually speaking about that seal, which is pretty interesting to find, what is the most interesting thing you saw while surfing? I mean, it's got to be that. <laughs> okay, there you but, go. I mean, it's, it, I don't know if I can top that. I mean, just, just mainly being, it, just finding an excuse to go to beautiful spots and finding a, uh, an excuse to look for spaces that other people either aren't or don't normally go. Like that's the, that's the wonderful part of it is just exploring. And I'm sure you've explored many places, which we will not reveal because we do not reveal <laughs> the magician's trick. Is that like the kind of saying we're like, we won't reveal the locations or else there's going to be a crowd of people taking over. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I'm not talking about anything. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> what are you talking about? What is that? No, no, no. <laughs> And, but, uh, you know what, we will talk about surfing. And on that note, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in surfing, which we can talk about? There's, yes. There's no repercussions for talking about it. You can, I think, you know, just give it a shot. Just be humble. Don't get in over your head. Don't try and bite off more than you can chew. You can rent a board, you can rent a suit and be friendly to the folks that are out there and see if you can make friends and see if somebody, there are lessons that you can take a lot of places that you can rent a, a board and a, and a wetsuit and, you know, just be friendly and expect to get knocked down a bunch. And also again, the ocean is a really powerful thing. Don't <laughs> underestimate it. I was just going to say that, like, don't underestimate the ocean. You're like, yeah, you're reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Mother Nature can be gentle, but can be vicious at the same time. So, yeah, like Jason said, everything I was thinking and even more. So, which is perfect. But yeah, staying calm, you know, s sitting on the one, one important thing to do, like before you go out, even if you are experienced, is like just sit on the sand and watch the waves for a while. Like you get an idea of not only where they break, and but how they break and where to put yourself and, you know, how things are changing. Like it's important to kind of give an idea of the lay of the land, especially if you've never been there before, but even if it is a spot that you go on a regular basis, like it changes from day to day and hour to hour. So the advice is just to study the environment before jumping in, which makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not like like a bike. You don't just run at the bike and expect to know how to ride it. You got to realize, oh, pedals, handles, do not let go to give your father two thumbs up like I did. It just... <laughs> But your makes, dad was probably really glad to, you know, he was glad to be sharing in that moment. So I, you gave him a gift. Yeah. A gift of a bruised face <laughs> and scratches everywhere. <laughs> every, every father's dream. <laughs> and, uh, so I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, if anybody listened through all of that, I, I just want to say thank you, I guess. And <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if I gave you any bad advice. But, uh, we have a, a, a podcast called the worst song ever podcast. Um, we are at worst song pod on Twitter and we do have a website worst song pod dot com. Let me double check. I wrote that down. I never really, it's like self-populates in my, um, <laughs> in my worstsongpod.com. Yes. So that's, that's what we do and it's, it's fun. And so. Don't worry. I do the same thing when I try to give out my Twitter handle sometimes because it's time for your hobby. So it's T F Y H. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, T Y F H H Y F T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those combination of letters. So I completely understand. It sounds like an equation, like carry the one <laughs> TF, like we're doing a little bit of algebraic equations right here. Yes. Forget the numbers. We're just doing the letters at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so perfect. I'll put all that information down below so people can go click it. They don't have to do any math to find it. It'll be easy. Just click, show some love, show some support. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about surfing? I... Wow. I wish I would have put some thought into this. Do I have any questions for you about surfing? I mean, I guess the question is, have you ever thought about doing it? And if so, like what, I mean, what's your, what's your perception of the whole thing? I don't, I don't know what your experience level was surfing going into this. I didn't ask you that. Like, what did you go into it? And did you get anything out of what I said to you? <laughs> I would love to try it. I think I've tried it a few times. Like I say tried it. I By trying it, I literally mean I stood up on the board on the edge of the shore trying to keep balance because that is my biggest weakness. I have horrible balance and because I'm six foot two and <laughs> balance is not in my nature apparently. <laughs> and did you have a hard time getting in and out of your wetsuit, especially, especially out I didn't even get to that or point. Or did you wear one? I didn't even wear one. <laughs> I was, oh, okay. I was just at the you point. must have been in a warm climate. Yeah, yeah. I was down south. I was just giving it a try and I could not even do it. I could barely stand up on the board and keep balance. Skateboards are the same for me. The only thing I could actually do is snowboard where my feet are actually like mounted to the actual snowboard where I can't accidentally fall off. But I would love to give it a try. And I would imagine, like you said, I would have to study the ocean before going to it. And I would probably have to find somewhere with calmer waves. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a good idea. Like there's something to be said about going to a place that you can get your reps in, you know, and build your confidence up and get an idea of your baseline before don't jump into the deep end. Okay. <laughs> your, your question is like, what's the biggest wave you've don't worry about that. If you want to just surf the whitewater, you know, like after the wave crashes, just to hop onto that, get, get your balance underneath you. Well, speaking about don't jump into the deep end. Apparently I did that. As a kid, uh, I was around three years old. My father was watching me and he, there was like this L-shaped pool and I'm just running, running, running. And then I like, no, sorry. I was walking, walking, walking. And I walk right into the pool, sink to the bottom. My dad's like, what the hell? What? And he jumps <laughs> in, pulls me out. I like do a little shake and I keep walking like nothing happened. That's the best way to be about it. Yeah. Don't freak out. That was on my list. You were already listening <laughs> to me. 
but don't dive into the deep end. Just walk into it casually. <laughs> <laughs> but those, that is wonderful advice. I will take it up. Uh, hopefully when the weather, there's no place to surf in Ottawa. It's, uh, yeah, there, we got nothing here, but maybe further on there's some places and when the weather gets good or it's good now, but by the time this episode comes out, it's probably mid-February. So it's not appropriate surfing weather, but you know, when it gets good, I'll probably give it a try. Yeah, just take some photos of yourself with some icicles on your head and, you know, call it good. I'll put a GoPro on my forehead and you just see me in the water at all times. Like, oh, Alex, when are you surfing? That was me surfing. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Jason, for coming on and just sharing your experience and also sharing your wisdom. I do truly appreciate it. And you know what? Now I at least know a few things that I can apply when I try surfing and not to look too much like a fool, which will actually be impossible because I will look like a fool no matter what. Thanks for having <laughs> me. It's been fun. If you guys want to learn more about Jason, you can go check him out in the description below. I'll put all the links there. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to show some love, you know, you can go leave a review, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere at all. Also, if you want to show some more support, it's completely optional. I have uh, merchandise being sold on Redbubble, and I also have a Patreon. All that will be down in the description below, but once again, it's only optional. So once again, thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>